everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sunshine and Brain, part of the Perry Veritas Network podcast where we have conversations about mental health in as down-to-earth way possible. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? That's like the most like a radio DJ that I feel like with this whole podcast thing. <laughs> it's just like, it's just kind of fun to like, to have that sort of cadence and like the way that I talk, you know what I mean? It's just not that common that I say things that I've said over and over and over again. I guess there are certain things like there may be stories that I've told over and over again, or uh, maybe different jokes that I've told over and over again, but I've chosen not to, you know, tell those stories in any kind of like radio voice cadence or anything like that. But I don't know. It's kind of fun to talk like that. So maybe, uh, maybe that's just something I'm going to do for that one. You know what I mean? Like maybe I'll just, just for, you know, just for shits and giggles, just start like talking like that. I don't even think, I don't even know if I could. I just set myself up to do an impression of myself talking like a radio DJ all the time. Like, you know, what would that sound like if I did that? And I don't really have an impression to follow up on that with. So, you know, <laughs> let's just go ahead and begin this podcast with disappointment you know, less than two minutes in and, uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and go with disappointment right away, right away. I, I, accent work is like a thing that I do on my own alone and occasionally to friends. That's like what accent work is for me, (laughs) but I get like serious joy out of it. I have to say it's really doing an accent is hilarious and awesome and fun. I can't explain why it's so fun it just just is voices in general is like a fun thing to do i have this like like when uh when there was a while there for like when i was merging onto traffic like on the highway i did like a like an impression of bill clinton merging on the traffic on the highway that's just like because because you know like when you're president, at some point, you just stop driving. Like, whatever age you are when you start running for president is the last time in your life that you're behind the wheel of a vehicle and driving it. for the Literally, for the rest of your life, unless you're, like, driving a vehicle on your property, you know. But literally, besides that, for the rest of your life, somebody else is driving you somewhere. So, like, imagine, imagine... <laughs> imagine like any president of all time just years after they became president getting behind the wheel of a car and just trying to merge onto a highway and what that would sound like in their voice and it's just great you know just good times good times anyway as you can tell i don't have anything to talk about <laughs> like in episodes past i would say like you know like i sat down and tried to like write out you know, a uh, a format for the pod in terms of what I want to talk about. And I just sort of wasn't able to. And so now I'm, you know, just sitting down here and just sort of going for it. But I'm like, I didn't even try this time. I've just given up on that. I like put some thought into, it's like, well, what's the theme of the week? And interestingly enough, it is true that it's just like every week sort of has has a theme. It just so happens that sometimes the themes, it's like there are a lot of weeks in a row where it's like the same theme. Like, so 
So I realized that it's like it it's 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 Monday night and I'm recording this like on a Monday night. Like this is what's this is what's happening on this Monday night I'm recording this. And like I have like said that I you know would really like to um you know put out an episode every Sunday and <laughs> I was able to do it like one Sunday. The next last week, I like recorded on Sunday, got it done, got it to Eric. It got up on Monday. Now I'm recording like so late on Monday night. It's not getting up till Tuesday, but I really want to do this Sunday thing. It's just every day I creep further and further back. <laughs> it's like, well, if I'm going to make it Sunday. It's like a lot of shit has to happen between now and, you know, Saturday when I would have to sit down and record it. But man, I just got to do it, man. Just got to do it. Even if it's a five minute episode, just get, just do it. Get something down there and get it out. Well, maybe that'd be it. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But in any case, yeah, uh, the theme for this episode is what do you do when there's just so much going on in so many different places and so many different areas? Oh, like, what do you do when that's what's happening? Yeah, do you know? I mean, a lot of, t- you know, it's weird. And, and a lot of the conversations I've had on this pod with different folks who've dealt with different mental illnesses and just conversations I've had throughout my life, like one of the things you do find is that mental illness it is in a weird way a result of being almost too strong. But for me, in a way, it is at least. I mean, I don't, I don't want to externalize my story to everybody, but it is like a sort of a common theme that I found where it's like, you know, I'm so patient and so, you know, on my own resilient in my ability to kind of manage the challenging things that I just like didn't ever ask for help. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't like know when I needed to step back and take care of myself and not allow myself to, you know, just try to tread water when my treading water looks like swimming pretty fast sometimes. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that, that's sort of like where it's at for a lot of folks. I mean, you know, how often is it, how often is it the case where the most depressed people in the world are also the funniest? Well, it's, it's because like you, being depressed is like a result of seeing the world in a way where you just kind of have a particular view of it where you just kind of know, you just sort of know too much. You know too much about like what's in people's hearts and what the overall human experience is and all this stuff. And you can get caught up in the dire if you're not careful, you know? And so what do you do? You develop coping mechanisms. And so, You know, if you happen to develop humor as a coping mechanism, which is something that I've done, then you can cover up so much pain with the jovial presence. You know what I mean? You can can really put people at ease with an ability to make them laugh. And you can put yourself at ease with an ability to make yourself laugh. I'd like... Uh, I've talked in the past about like the whole 
online dating experience and doing all this stuff. I don't talk about that stuff so much anymore, which is not, not to say that I, you know, I've given up on my search for love. It's just that it's, it's awfully private. <laughs> and so I was like, try to be careful in terms of what I talk about, how I talk about it and stuff like that. But, you know, encountering like the different profiles when you go through a dating app is like a really fascinating experience, you know, cause a lot of times, you know, so much of it's just, just attraction. You know, you look at someone, you're like, yes, that's an attractive person. I'd like to see more about that person. And so a lot of times you're, it's this real poisonous kind of mindset of like, nope, 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 nope. swiping left on one person after another. These are human beings who are worthwhile and special and wonderful in their own way. It just so happens that you're like, you don't feel that attraction when you look at their picture, which is like so unfair on every level and everything else. So there's this like basis on the apps of just a poisonous encounter of judgment, you know, which is like so fucking crazy when you layer that upon like what the effort of getting on the apps is at least, you know, in its purest sense. I mean, some folks are on the, on the app to get laid. Some folks are on the apps to just meet people and make friends. Some, some folks on the apps to just see what kind of response they could get. I think some folks are on the apps just to fuck with people, you know, some people are on the apps for a combination of all those things. You know, it's like, I was like, I'm gonna look for love and I, you know, I'll just fuck with people along the way, <laughs> along the way. Well, a lot of people kind of have that mindset. Some people are like on the apps, despite, you know, everything they're just on the apps is like, you know, a, a, an opportunity to like spill their, their frustrations when it comes to romance and love. You know, it's like why they're on there. They're on there, you know, in order to, I guess, reconfirm to themselves that there isn't anyone out there for them. Right. So there's like a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of reasons beyond the apps. So you get this, like, you have like an encounter with these profiles. That's fascinating. And like I said, for a lot of the profiles, you don't really encounter them much at all past the first couple of pictures. And then you just very quickly move past those people because it's like, okay, you know, I just don't, I don't have any curiosity to look into this person, you know? And then you see someone that's like, oh, okay, that, that, this person looks interesting. They, they, they are beautiful. They, they, you know, I really like their smile. I love their eyes, right? I love these pictures and how they're presenting themselves. There's no like filter on there. There's no pictures next to like sedated tigers or they're not holding any dead fish, you know? Uh, there's no pictures in there that like obviously demonstrates level of kind of conservative politics that like maybe I'm not so comfortable with. You know? <laughs> it's like, here's a beautiful lady. Oh, she's gorgeous. You know, scroll down a little bit. It's like, here's that beautiful lady holding an M16 with an American flag behind her with like a blue stripe in the American flag, you know, meaning, uh, uh, you know, I support the police and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, okay, well, you know, I, I certainly support police officers. <laughs> I I do not support police policies, uh, but I support good people who are, you know, trying to do that job in order to sort of do it well. But you are demonstrating a type of conservatism with your politics here in this profile that uh, tells me that we are not going to be a match. <laughs> so it's like, I'm a, you know, 
those ones you, you kind of dive into a little bit. It's like, you know, oh, a pretty lady. And then you like dive in and it's like, ooh, you know, swipe left if you didn't vote for Trump, you know, must have like must have big muscles and MAGA, baby, MAGA. And it's like, oh, fuck, left, 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 left swipe. You know, sometimes they shock you where you like see someone who's like, you know, blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, just Aryan looking. And you're like, oh, this is for sure a conservative person. Then you dive in and it's like, you know, I'm a democratic socialist. And here's what that means for me. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, he took me off guard there, you know, and then vice versa. Like it was like a, an African-American woman, conservative, you know, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how did how, uh, okay. Uh, anyway, um, so it's sort of one of those things, but, uh, um, but yeah, so, uh, how was I, what the hell, like what got me down this, uh, this sort of path here? What was it that, what was it that I was talking about that led me to start talking about the apps and the experiences therein? I don't Maybe it'll come back to me. But the the this is what happens. You don't write notes down, people. You, you go down. You go down certain uh, certain kind of you know vortexes, and and then you just get stuck there. And there is there isn't much you can do to get out of it because you don't remember what the hell got you there in the first place. And that's what happens sometimes. But it'll maybe it'll come back to me. We'll, we'll see. But the thing I really wanted to talk about today is is sort of like what happens when you're overwhelmed by you know sort of a, a whole mess of things happening and a whole mess of whole mess of different directions, you know? And yeah, what I was saying was, was that, you know, the, the experience of, of, uh, mental health is so often, you know, one of those things where it's like, we got to this place because of how resilient I really am, you know, um, because of, uh, because of all that stuff. I remember what what I was trying to tell you. So there were, (laughs) So there have been, uh, I've come across certain, certain, uh, uh, profiles on the apps where there's like a, a, a passage there or, or some kind of writing there that, that, uh, that I find to be kind of funny for whatever reason, you know, like it just didn't, maybe it wasn't written exactly right, or there's something sort of funny or interesting about it. And then I'll think of like a response, like. Like, a, like, I think a response to sort of like respond to it. And then, uh, and then I'll send the response to my friends before I send it to make sure it's not, it's not too mean. Cause sometimes, sometimes it's, uh, it's just like a little mean. So somebody had put on there, this was like a while ago, but somebody had put on their profile something like, um, the prompt was, what's the riskiest thing you've done? And that, her answer was um, sign up for this app. And then after writing that, she wrote um, ha, like ha, 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 like H-A, H-A, H-A. But she wrote like, it was like a lot of ha, ha, ha. It was, it was like, it was a lot of ha, 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 ha. It wasn't like, you know, sign up for this app, LOL, winky emoji or something like that. That's not... That's not what it was at all. It was signing for this app and then like, ha, 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 
It was like that many dogs. So what I picture, I read that and I pictured her just really laughing so hard about that line that she had come up with, not like everybody. I mean, so like basically that's the, like what's the riskiest thing you've done? Sign up for this app is the answer 95% of the time. It just is. That's the answer that everybody does. I think it's true for men and for women. And occasionally there are other answers, but those answers are, whew. It's like the other 10% of answers are stuff like, people either say like, what's the, what's the, what's the whiskey thing you've ever done? If you sign up for this app, 90% of the times, that's the answer. 10% of the times it's stuff like, you know, eating a live tarantula. <laughs> but it's like, at a program for that, maybe? <laughs> like, did you go away on a eat live tarantulas retreat? Or were, were, were you just like in the desert and you were like, well, that looks delicious. Let me eat one of those. Is that, I don't also, I don't think you're supposed to eat a live tarantula. I think you're supposed to cook it if you're going to eat it. And I think you're supposed to, I don't really know anything about eating tarantulas. This is not a eating tarantula podcast. And these fucking people who put answers like, what's the riskiest thing I've done? Eat a live tarantula have turned this into an eating tarantula podcast. And I resent them for that. And that's why I don't reach out to them. Also that, and I don't really want to hang out with anyone who eats live tarantulas or does anything crazy like that. You know, what's the riskiest thing you've done? Went to, um, went on a, a walk miles into the Amazon by myself with no compass or map. Haha, made it out. It's like, I don't want to date you. (laughs) You've just demonstrated serious lack of ability to make strong decisions. And so uh, we're not, uh, I'm not going to be reaching out to you. But this is one that was like, so the best answer really is, you know, sign up for this app. That's what you want to see, you know, because it's like, you know what? Signing for an app is like legit risky. Putting yourself out there, you have to like deal with, potentially crazy people there's a lot of risk in that do you know what i mean like there's a there's a lot to it so yeah like yeah it's totally a reasonable answer but the amount of haz after (laughs) for that one profile so i wrote a response that was i i tripled the amount of haz i I went way overboard with the haz and then i wrote i know right (laughs) question mark exclamation point so my, so <laughs> the exchange is, uh, uh, what's the riskiest thing you've done? Sign up for this app. <laughs> like the super long laugh. And then I come in and laugh like a maniac and then just go, I know, right? That's <laughs> uh, cracking me up. It's just cracking me up. I don't know why that kills me so much, but I think that might be a bit of a demonstration in terms of, you know, where my brain is at right now. That like those thoughts of like those memories from like already a little while ago. It's been a minute since I've been messing around up in the apps there. But like a little while ago, just thinking back on that is just making me laugh. It's so funny. It's so funny. And I like I, and I think what that means is that like, you know, 
I'm, it's like, oh, there's like a lot of shit going on, man. You know, a lot, look, a lot of the stuff I, I can't, can't and won't talk about it on the pod because it's sacred stuff, meaning that it has to do with people who I love and I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable, you know, going into details in this format on a lot of that stuff. But suffice it to say, like, I have some pretty intense shit going on with my family. I have some pretty intense shit going on at work when it comes to just what I have going on that I can talk about a little bit. And I have some pretty intense shit going on kind of personally, you know, and in my personal life and stuff like that. And, and, and the whole world is going through some pretty intense shit and has been for some time. Right. So uh, it's a combination of all these things. And and it's like, what's like, it's like what I say to, you know, what I've said many times to congregants, to my children, you know, where it's like, if your room is super messy, it doesn't matter which toy you pick up first just you could start anywhere like it really doesn't matter you know and that's true because if if it's if the whole thing is a mess it it doesn't really matter where you start you just kind of start and then it'll be a little bit cleaner you know and look at sometimes it does make sense to tackle the little things first because they're the little things and you can just checkbox 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 and and get them done you know you feeling like I know, like for me, for example, one of the things that my depression has done is I, I sometimes when I'm not doing great will delay certain things that are of importance, you know, so it's stuff like, you know, paying bills on time or before, you know, not waiting until like the, the first week of April to do your taxes, right? It's stuff like that where you kind of take care of stuff beforehand. And then what I'm doing is I'm in a zone where I'm setting myself up for success. But a lot of times, you know, I, I, it's like very difficult to do that and try to like stay ahead of that stuff. It's just very, very difficult to do that. And, you know, and then you're, and then it's like, I'm not setting myself up for success. You know, it's like, I'm not doing what, you know, I need to be doing in order to be happy on a, on a regular basis. So that's like a, you know, that's like a challenge, right? Like being in that zone of, of doing that. And then when I'm not in that zone of, you know, finding that self-forgiveness of not like, you know, needing to do that. You know what I mean? Like really finding that self-forgiveness. So, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a pretty significant challenge just life right now. You know, it just it just is and I don't think that's true with just me. You know, I think that's true with everybody. You know, we had talked about many times you know how I have always said that coming out of the pandemic is going to be more difficult than going into it. And I've always sort of talked about that from the mindset of you know feeling comfortable moving around the world without a mask, right? Like not being afraid that there are germs everywhere that could kill you, 
right? Like not having to live with that mindset, like shifting away from that mindset, right? Even, even stuff like retraining our faces, how to be expressive in public. I mean, it's like all these things that we are going to have to do now as we transition out of that, that we maybe hadn't considered this whole entire time that we've been in it. But like there are even things that I hadn't considered, you know, even knowing that it was going to be so difficult coming out of it. I mean, one of those things, for example, is there is a significant mental shift between how it feels to not be vaccinated and how it feels to be vaccinated. You know, I, I don't yet know how it feels to be vaccinated. I don't yet know how it feels to be partially vaccinated. But I've seen kind of like what that does for folks. And it's fairly amazing. You know, the, the, the calm that comes with that, the excitement that comes with that, the sense of freedom that comes with that. You know, where it's like, I no longer have to worry in the way that I was worried before because I can't get it now. Do you know what I mean? I mean, what a great feeling to be able to be able to have that. And then I think what happens is, is that you get real itchy to start doing the things that you could actually do now, but aren't available to you yet because not enough people have been vaccinated, you know? So, so I mean, it's a, a, a funny example for this. I can talk about it because, you know, I've, I've, I have given my mother a, a very strict do not listen to the podcast policy there. And I, and I do believe she's adhering to it because occasionally she asked me about it. And honestly, I don't think she could find it on Spotify, even if she wanted to. <laughs> well, I don't think she listens. And I don't really think anybody in the family listens either. So we good there. We good there. Uh, and I don't necessarily want them to either. So like we totally, we're good there. We're good there. But like my, my mom's been vaccinated, which is great. I'm so psyched. She, she just like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, got her second vaccine. She's good to go. You know what I mean? She's like all set. And so now she's like frothing at the mouth to come to California to see her grandchildren. Because here's the thing. She lives in New York. She's got four grandchildren and they all live in California. <laughs> and before the pandemic, four, five, six, seven times a year, she's coming out here to see them. You know, I mean, that's just the deal. And especially since, uh, uh, you know, there's sort of two down here with me in San Diego and then two up north in the Bay Area. You know, it's like a trip to San Diego, quick flip up to the Bay Area, back home, come out to the Bay Area, back home, come out to San Diego, back home, go to the Bay Area, come down to San Diego, then go back home to New York, you know. And so it's just like jet setting and basically you know, at least once a season and a handful of times in between, that was it, man. She's out here, you know, and she's like raring to go now. And like, I'm not vaccinated yet. <laughs> and children are 16 and up, you know, and my oldest is 14. So we're, we're not talking about, you know, having vaccinated kids anytime soon. And in order for me to get vaccinated, you know, I feel, I feel more comfortable waiting until my age group 
is allowed to be vaccinated. And I'm 45 and California right now is that 50 and up. And my understanding is, is that at some point it moves quickly to 16 and up, which makes no sense to me at all. Like, why do they go from 50 to 16? That's just crazy to me. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of like how that goes. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, I don't know when I'm going to be vaccinated. If I was to guess, you know, it seems like it'll be available later this month to my age group or beginning of May is what we're looking at here. And so waiting my turn and getting in there to get vaccinated, that this is an age group where I would be among the older. And so I wouldn't feel guilty trying to get in there earlier once the 16 to and up is like available, you know, but uh, at the same time, it's like, um, I don't, you know, I still, I don't know how long it's going to take. It's, it's, you do one shot and then three weeks later, you got another one. <laughs> and like, and my mom wants to get the, she, she wants to get the fuck out here. Like now, like yesterday, like immediately. And she needs grandchildren time. Grandchildren to grandparents is like crack. To, it's like crack cocaine. There's grandparents walking around the streets of cities all over America going, I'll suck your dick. You let me see my grandkids. <laughs> oh, God. That's a fucking hilarious image. That's probably a little inappropriate. It was like Grandma Helen. I suck your dick. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, man. But that's what they are. Kids are cracked to grandparents. It's like one of those things. You got grandparents that haven't seen their grandkids for like a year, year and a half at this point. You know, they have to. My mom's going to come out here and, and have to re-get to know my kids again because a year and a half at this age, like this, it's like, there is a lot of change that happens in a year and a half for younger children. <laughs> and so it's like itchy and raring to go, man. So, you know, the whole kind of like push, pull, start and stop aspect of transitioning from being in a pandemic to not being in a pandemic is a fascinating aspect of this that I hadn't even considered at all, like at all, you know, I was like, come on. I've been vaccinated for three months now. (laughs) Can we have concerts? I can do all this shit. Why am I wearing a mask in public still? I'm vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. You know, (laughs) it's like that aspect, but then you put that energy next to the rest of us that aren't vaccinated. And we're just like still in the pandemic, man. You know, like we are where you were before you were vaccinated and you need to chill the fuck out because it's going to be a minute before I get my vaccinations. I mean, do you know what I mean? It's a really interesting juxtaposition of feelings and emotions going on right now. So put it all together, right? I mean, I am, you know, dealing with pretty stressful things and all the different places. I mentioned work is is uh, more stressful. Work is uh, recruiter life. I don't ever really talk about my job here. I haven't really ever talked about my job here. But yeah, I'm I'm a recruiter. I'm a headhunter. Just an active recruiter, third party recruiter in the pharmaceutical biotech industry. And so what that means is is that 
you know, companies come to my firm in order to fill certain positions that for whatever reason they are having a hard time filling or unable to fill, they don't have the ability, time to do it. They've tried to fill it, it's been difficult to fill. All these different reasons. For whatever reason, they come to us and they say, we need your help filling a position. And then that's what we do. We try to fill the position. So it's my job to learn about the role, to learn about the science in the role, not to learn to understand it, but to learn to at least be able to talk about it with potential candidates, to seek out those potential candidates, to reach out to them and to entice them to connect with our client companies, to consider the possibility of these opportunities we're working to fill. Right? That's, um, that's the job. That's, that's what I do. And COVID time has been real interesting to work. It's been a real interesting work time. But first of all, I'm, I'm very lucky in that my line of work has allowed me to keep my job. You know, it, I could have been a recruiter, for example, in the tech space, and it might have been very difficult because a lot of the tech companies stopped manufacturing because they had to shut down their factories. And the second that happens, then they, you know, they realize they're going to have to start laying off people potentially. And the second that happens, they're not looking for new jobs. You know, that's just not, that's just not what they're doing. They're not looking for to hire new people. They're starting to look for jobs for themselves potentially. Right. That's what that mindset is. But like my firm recruits within the pharmaceutical biotech space and I'm recruiting I do a lot of my work in the oncology space, you know, looking for oncology leaders. And honestly, it's like COVID can stop everything but cancer. Cancer was a hell of a lot older than COVID. COVID-19 is just from 2019. There are fucking dinosaurs that died from cancer. All the clinical trials and all the different things that are going on, you know, they're still happening and there's that much more urgency. The challenge is, is that there's that much less candidates who are actually open and interested to looking at new jobs. Right. So our jobs are sort of just as urgent, but our candidates are much less willing. You know, if they've got a good job. Now is not the time to be looking. Wait a few months. Wait till we're post-vaccine and then you can start to look and then start to kind of see what's going on. You know, so it's been like a very challenging bunch of months here doing my work. And then the other piece for me is that like, I am one of those people that feed off the energy of the people around me. I'm not one of those people who have like benefited from the pandemic because I just love being alone. You know, I am an introvert in that I recharge alone, but I need other people in order to feed off of them. And when you're in an office you're feeding off of the people around you, especially with the kind of work I do, because we're all parallel playing. We're all doing the exact same thing. It's an office filled with recruiters recruiting. And the, the, the one thing about recruiters is we're all a little bit nuts, right? Because nobody like goes into recruiting because they like went to college for recruiting. <laughs> we basically all of us back into the profession. So we've all got these really unique, interesting perspectives, these kind of nutty personalities, because the other thing is, is you have to be willing to, you know, stare at a, a screen and go through 500 LinkedIn uh, profiles to, to find the, you know, 50 qualified candidates that you're looking for. Yeah, that's like, that's what you got to be able to do. So you got to have to be like a little bit loony, you know, 
what's sort of part of it. So like for me, being in the office space and being surrounded by these crazy people who I love and who are like family and being able to feed off their energy and just go, you know, it's a big difference between having to like sit alone in my apartment and deal with the energies around me and just in the apartment complex, which is a mishmash of people who are happy at home and people who are fretting for a bunch of different reasons. And it's like, I can sense it. And it's so distracting, you know, so distracting. And it's quite difficult. So, but I'm still living in that world. And I have a few more weeks to be here. And this is that part of the marathon where there it is. I can see the finish line, but I can't quite judge how many more steps I have to take in order to get there. And, I, you know, so I'm struggling here, man. <laughs> There's like a lot going on, you know. I'm looking at my room and it's a mess. And it's like, what do I pick up first, you know? So on one hand, it is a little bit like, you know, you pick up the, pick up the pickup, but it doesn't matter. Just, you know, like I said before, you just get started somewhere and just go, you pick up this here, pick up that there, pick up this here, pick up that there. And you might not notice a difference immediately, but after a bit, you'll notice a difference. So losing weight is a lot like that, by the way, you know, where you just, you kind of look at your body and you're just like, oh, fuck, I, I have not done a good job taking care of myself in the last year, right? <laughs> it's like, ooh. I got some work to do. And then you just start working. You do whatever exercise it is that you do. I mean, for me, it's swimming. So I'll get in the pool and swim. And it's not like the first day I get out and I'm like, okay, all better now. <laughs> I am in shape. You know, well, it takes a while. You got to really like build it up and be consistent and go. You know, that's like sort of a part of it. Same thing here. You know, you pick up this, you pick up that. And it's like, oh, this just feels so messy still. Oh, it's just like so much more to pick up. But then you just kind of try to keep going. Pick up this here, pick up that there. You know, sometimes you have a chance to take on the big thing. And so you pick up the big thing and then suddenly it feels much neater. And then, you know, other times it's like, oh, I can only really pick up a medium-sized thing. And sometimes it's like you look and it's like, oh, I got to take some shit out of the closet, rearrange in order to make this work. And so you make a bit of a bigger mess in order to clean it better in the long run. All right, that happens too. So it's just like mishmash of process and knowing how to stay above it or stay ahead of it is a very specific and significant challenge. And it's something that, you know, on a, on a weekly basis, I, I, I have to think about. You know, and so it's in my commitment to therapy for me as a weekly process. I was thinking, <laughs> thought today about therapy. <laughs> like I said it before, and it's not that I disagree with this, but folks say, you know, you know, talk therapy is like, it's not for everyone. And I can't like really argue with that. I think it's true. Talk therapy might not be for everyone. But in the same breath, like we all say, you just got to, you know, if there's like a conflict with someone, 100% of the time, the answer is you just got to get in there and talk it out. That's like what you have to do. And no one ever is like, well, talking it out doesn't work for everyone. <laughs> like I never, never in my life heard anyone say that, you know, ah, talking it out. 
doesn't work for everyone. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's true that talking it out isn't the only thing that works for everyone. Some people just have to take time, you know, have to like assimilate new information, figure shit out, and then they can feel better about something. But like talking it out still pretty much has to be a part of that process. <laughs> it's like the only way that you can really get through challenge and compromise is to talk it out. But yeah, no, talk therapy. It's like not for everyone. <laughs> no, I mean, I think the reality is, is that not every therapist is for everyone. In fact, there isn't a single therapist ever that's been for everyone. That every, you know, you have to find your therapist and your method of therapy. And it might be something really mainstream. It might be something really not mainstream. But that's like where the process is. You know, yes, talking it out <laughs> does help everybody. You know, so for me, like certainly weekly commitment to therapy and not like fucking around with it, you know, I don't, I don't take the easy way with the work that I do. I, I, I'm always willing to confront the challenging thing at its appropriate time. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I really have put an effort in the therapy thing allow myself to get vulnerable, cry in session, face those really difficult things, you know, fucking radical acceptance, fucking radical acceptance, radical acceptance is the worst. I have a tattoo about radical acceptance and it's just a fucking black and white weeping willow tree on the outside of my arm because fuck radical acceptance. <laughs> and also, God damn it, if it isn't the most beautiful thing on earth, you know, it's everything starts and stops with radical acceptance just this full acceptance in your mind and body and heart and soul and every atom in your being of the shit that's happened. And, you know, understanding that it's there and maybe even having an appreciation for it, you know? So yeah, it's like all that shit. It's like so hard to do. And I've, and I, and I do it, you know, and, you know, I, I try to, you know, look at every situation and, and figure out a way to navigate everything, be it a communication that needs to happen or a challenge with a relationship that needs to happen or something like that. It's like, you just kind of like try to figure out how to do as best as you can, understanding that you're going to make mistakes and at the same time, be ready and willing to apologize and accept apology and all that stuff and figure out how to navigate your way through it. It's like, it's like all of it, you know? But like, I just wish that there would be like a couple areas in my life where like, it's not like so crazy in terms of everything that's going on. <laughs> Can we like take a chill pill and like some of those places, do you know what I mean? Like, does it have to be this crazy everywhere? You know, it's um, definitely a thing. So, so I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, messy room. So like, how do we clean it? Well, Nothing's going to get clean if I jump on the bed and go under the covers and pretend nothing's happening. You know, that's just, that's not what's going to happen. But with perseverance and also a good, smart kind of new eye towards my own 
need for things like self-care, the things that I need to be happy and whole and strong and a commitment to do them too. You know, you just kind of take it one step at a time and try to find your way through it. And, um, and understand that there's always options there. You know, there's always a way to figure out how to navigate it. But most importantly, to not allow my inner strength and perseverance to take a, to take me away from the idea that there's vulnerabilities here. And like, I need people to help me to talk through certain things. You know, I need to maybe be more open with the people who are important to me about the shit that's going on. So I can get the support that I need when I need it. You know, those are the things that I kind of need to do along the way. So in this sense, it's like cleaning a room with two hands, right? I mean, what do they say? Never waste a good crisis. <laughs> you know, politics. Never, never waste a good crisis, right? Meaning like every crisis is an opportunity, right? Every challenge you face is a chance to practice something, to get good at something, to switch something up, to, you know, to find a thing like that. And yeah, that's bullshit, you know? It's exactly the kind of pep talky stuff that whenever someone comes to me at, you know, with that bullshit, I'm just like, you need to go fuck yourself immediately. Take a long walk off a short clear, a short pier, you know, that's what you have to do. But it's, you know, it's just true. You know, it's just, it's just true. So yeah, it's kind of what I'm thinking about right now. You know, a little overwhelmed, making shit happen still trying to use my level of overwhelm as an opportunity to choose to connect to people and not disconnect like often happens with me. And, uh, yeah, challenging myself to, to do the things that I know are good for me, like, uh, sit down and take a little less than 50 minutes to record the podcast. So yeah, that's scoop. Hope everybody's doing all right. As usual, if you want to take part in the conversation, feel free to email me, josh at periveritas.com. Please like and subscribe. Share this with as many friends and peers as possible. And yeah, look forward to talking to you next episode. Peace.